2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased, we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven. For we were with him on the holy mountain, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention to as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our God stands forever. So this morning, the, the theme for Breakfast of the Master has been um, our journey to the cross. And when I first heard that, just full disclosure, there was a little bit of nervousness from me, because the idea of that can get into some dangerous subjectivity of this is where I've been. And, and when I get up and preach... My, my plea with you is, is not to believe what I believe just because I believe it. And not, I don't think this was the intent of the theme at all. But this is where my mind went. That my, my desire when I speak is not just believe what I believe because I believe it. As though we are supposed to make some sort of, of uh, leap with our faith into someone's own personal opinion. I don't think it's a beneficial question to ask things like, well, what do you believe about this? Or what do you think about this? Or we read a scripture of text, uh, read a text of scripture and, and have the question, how does this make you feel? Or what do you think about it? I think a far better question than what do we believe necessarily is what is true? What is true? And then let's believe that. What is true? And then we should believe that. And when it does come to my journey in the faith, that realization was a huge shift for me. Away from the idea of the Christian faith is some sort of a mystical, personal experience that you talk about and share with others. And come join me with me in this experiential journey of my faith. And to leap from that or to come from that, instead of trying to convince others, join me in this experience to here's rock solid reality and come join me in living your life on a great reality not into some leap into darkness um the christian faith one of my pastor friends says that you should not be asking um what do i feel necessarily but what do i know what is what is the truth what do i know and then when you get your knowing figured out that affects greatly your feeling what do we know? And the Christian faith is not to be a leap into the dark. The Christian faith is not a leap into the dark. You've heard that saying, maybe? Take the step of faith as though it's a leap into the dark. The Christian faith is not a leap into the dark. It is standing on reality. It is grounding yourself on the reality of who Jesus is. This is the point Peter is making here in his epistle. Peter walked with Jesus. 
Peter was there with Jesus through his whole ministry. Peter saw the resurrected Christ. Peter preaches our first New Testament sermon. And Peter makes his argument not upon, come join me in my, uh, my ideas. He's saying, look, we were eyewitnesses. This happened. This man lived. This man died. This man rose from the grave. And when we talk about the Christian faith, it isn't take a brave leap. It is, here is truth. Here is reality. This is our Savior. Come place your faith upon the truth of who Christ is. So when the the declaration of the gospel is presented as a call to leap into something, we want to deny that it's not a leap into darkness, but come stand in reality. If I were to ask any of you this morning to come stand up here with me on this platform, if you were to come up here and stand up on the platform with me, would there be a bunch of nervousness coming out of you of, um, I don't know if I can, you're seeing me stand up here. You have a basic knowledge of the way reality works. Molecules are going to hold together. This platform is not going to disappear as soon as you set your foot on it because you understand reality. And here I am. You would not be worried about joining me up onto the platform. That, that to me, if I were to invite you to come onto the platform, that in many ways is a, a gospel declaration, a, a how I perceive that we would declare the gospel. It is not a leap into off of the platform into some darkness or some hope. It is, listen, come join me on this platform of the gospel truth of the gospel reality. And this shift in in my journey has made my job as a pastor much easier. That my declaration is not to try to talk you into my high-minded ideas. It is, look, here is reality. This is who God is. This is who Jesus Christ is. This is what he has done. This is what God has done through Jesus Christ. And my plea with people is not take some wild leap of faith. It is come join me on the rock-solid foundation of who God is and who Jesus Christ is. So, of course, we don't have it all figured out. That was one of the subtexts of, of the theme. We don't have it all figured out, and we don't. And I don't think any of you are confused on that, <laughs> that I don't have it all figured out. Some of you in here have changed my diapers. Angie was my kindergarten teacher. Uh, she knows I don't have it all figured out. But... So, and the Christian faith, we know, is not about having it all figured out. But, but, but also, the Christian faith isn't having nothing figured out. The Christian faith isn't that we don't know anything. The Christian faith is not having it all figured out, but it's also not having nothing figured out. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 7 talks about these people who are carried around, and they are always learning, but never arriving at the knowledge of the truth. And Christianity is not always exploring, always learning, always look, watching the latest YouTube clip of this person's experience and reading the latest book about this person's after-death experience and all these ideas, always learning and never arriving at the truth. That is not the Christian faith. That is not the Christian faith. It is not having everything figured out, but it's, it is having some things figured out. What foundation, and so when I'm saying, join me on this platform, not right now, not all of you, But when I'm saying, join me on this platform, what foundation can we plant our lives on? What foundation does this word from God tell us? It tells us God is. In the beginning, in the beginning, God. 
He is. He created all of this. And he created it, and it was good. He created it, and he said, it is good. He created it all, and it was good. But the world that we now see is not the world as God created it. Something has happened. It has broken. Adam and Eve, sin. Sin enters the world, and as a result, the brokenness is, is throughout the world, but the brokenness is not just out in the world. The brokenness is also inside of us. The sin didn't just break the world. It broke mankind. Because of this, all of man is born dead and trespasses in sin. They are born dead. We are, by nature, Ephesians 2 tells us, children of wrath. Because of this sin, we are broken. We are at enmity with God, and we are deserving of eternal hell. We are deserving in our natural state the judgment of a righteous God. This is what our word, what the Bible teaches us. By grace through faith, this is, so, this is the two realities. God is and we deserve his judgment as people born dead in sins. But the story does not end there, right? We're here on Holy Week. The story does not end there. God in his grace does not end the story there. He sends his son. He sends his son. This son, Jesus Christ, he is without sin Yet he dies a sinner's death. He's without sin, and he dies a sinner's death. The death that we deserve as sinners, Jesus takes upon himself. By grace, through faith, the wrath repentant sinners deserve is placed on Christ, crushing him, and the righteousness that he earned is then given to those who trust in this work. He lives the righteous life we should have lived, dies the death that we deserve, so that through repentance and faith in this work, we could be justified before a holy and righteous God. He was wounded. He was wounded in our place so that we could be welcomed as he deserved to be. He was wounded so that we could be welcomed. And as this is Holy Week, Jesus doesn't stay dead. Death cannot keep him. He is raised victoriously over sin and death itself. And listen, these men, they saw him. When we talk about Easter, when we talk about celebrating the resurrection, it's not some fancy Christianized concept we have. These men saw the resurrected Christ. That verse in the, in the hymn that the choir sang, Blessed are those who have not seen yet believe that these men saw the resurrected Christ. They ate with him. He lives. He lives. Our Savior has conquered death. He was raised victoriously over sin and death. These men saw him, and they didn't, they didn't request a leap into the dark. When they, when they saw him, the hymn also goes on, tell of this goodness. They didn't request people to leap into the dark. When Peter goes to his first sermon there in Acts chapter 2, he doesn't say, I've got some great ideas. Who wants to join me in them? He says, listen, this man... David perished, but this man, Jesus Christ, the greater king, he did not stay in the grave dead. He resurrected. Repent and believe the gospel. It was not a leap into the dark. It was join, Peter's declaration, join him. And my declaration to you, not, don't, don't take leaps into the dark. Ground your life. Join me in this truth, this reality, our Savior came from earth, lived the life he should have lived, died the death we deserve, so that through repentance and faith, we could be forgiven of sin and reconciled to our good God. They proclaimed and called for people to join them on the firm foundation 
of the one who died for them. So, here we sit this morning. Will we join them? Will we live our life on this rock-solid reality? Not Christianity in some sort of mindset, but Christianity as grounded on truth. God is. Man is sinful. We're in trouble. He sent his son, lived, died for us, resurrected from the grave so that we could be forgiven of our sins and reconciled to him. Their plea then and my plea now, join me. Join them in standing upon this great truth of the salvation that is found in our Savior Jesus Christ alone. Let's pray. Father, as we celebrate Holy Week, may we remember that, these, that our faith is grounded in reality and that our hope is that we have a Savior who really did come to earth, live without sin, die the sinner's death that I deserve, so that through repentance and faith I could be washed white as snow, forgiven of my sin, and eternally reconciled back to you. May it be our hope and our joy, and not just our concept, God, but may it be the rock-solid reality and foundational truth of our lives. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.